Yeah. 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 Oh no! I'm trying to think of what discipline we're at right oh, now. Oh, oh, what is it? Well, today is celebration. Celebration. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So the last discipline is celebration. <laughs> I thought you were judging me for counting no. my fingers. No. Yes, really I'm in my forties and I still count on my fingers. I'm really bad at that. I'm not judging. <laughs> so anyway, today is celebration, and not only is it appropriate that. We're concluding with celebration. It's the time of the holidays, but uh, it's it's also just something to celebrate that we have made it through twelve disciplines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and the being being patient about it and, and enjoying and learning together about them. And uh, like Trish and I, we're, we're sitting there we're writing them out. I don't know if you guys remember them all, but it's simplicity, worship, prayer. Meditation, solitude, Sabbath, fasting, confession, accountability, study, service, and today's celebration. And it's amazing that each and every one of them work together and benefit us to towards the towards the, that whole running the prize. This whole thing started with Paul talking about running to receive the prize right we said like prize was not the salvation prize was to be more like christ and through these disciplines we were learning how to be more like christ the way he lived a simple life the way he worshiped god the way he prayed and meditated and found joy in in solitude and found joy in having sabbath and fasting that that those are what was our that's what what gets us going it's not like we can check off off our list of something that we did, but it's something that brought us closer to being like Christ, and that is the that's why um, the celebration is part of it all. So that's so why we can celebrate is because we through our studies, through us doing this, uh, putting this in our daily life, we are getting closer to winning the price of being like Christ. So it's very uh, very exciting in that manner. So in some ways, it may seem like an odd to say that it's a discipline, but when you really study celebration through scripture, the reasons, the purposes, and I would encourage you to do some of your study on your own um, as you're curious about different festivals that God instituted through scripture and what the meaning was, but they're always richly symbolic and they draw us to a sense of mystery and awe and the holiness of God, which in a lot of ways in our modern culture has been lost, right? Mm-hmm. So celebration can be challenging, uh, and, and it, it really is a discipline, and in some ways it may be one of the hardest disciplines because we think we know how to celebrate. Hmm. And the reality is is that very often uh, we, we don't celebrate when we should. Uh, we try to diminish the things that God is doing in our lives. Um, or the successes, uh, and you know, you, even taking a compliment sometimes is like, oh well, you know, praise God, you know, like <laughs> that sort of where we deflect it rather than being like, oh, I'm so glad to get that's so encouraging, you know, that that my service to you blessed you, or that you know that that meant something to you, or that we connected in that way, or that I pointed you to God, you know, in a meaningful way. The other thing is, is that when we do celebrate, often it's very worldly and superficial. Mm-hmm. So we create a celebratory atmosphere, but we're not really celebrating anything of substance. Yeah. 
so that's why today, as we look at the, the scripture, we want to see, again, as we have with all the other disciplines, uh, what, what does it mean to celebrate and how do we do it in a way that's God-honoring and authentic to ourselves as well. So the scripture that we're going to be using today is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Uh, if you guys want to open up. We're going to stay there for most of the teaching, and then we're going to end with another scripture, but we're going to stay here for most of the time. And this is a this is a tricky, um, a tricky scripture. Sadly, sadly, this is a scripture that I use a lot in funerals and prayer vigils, but it's also, as we were teaching it, it's, it's also a scripture that points towards the reasons for us to celebrate. Um, so I'll read through this. Uh, one through five, and then we'll we'll dive right into it. So, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character. And character hope and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured up his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us so these are a very strong scripture very strong verses um, that talks a lot about a thing and there's a lot of questions that arose with it and we'll try to uh, break them down as we go on but first thing that we want to point at and this might be something like yeah of course but uh, we really felt like it needs to be said. The reason we we always have uh, this discipline of celebration is the relationship that we have with God through Christ Jesus. It starts off, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've talked about it, that there was no peace between us and God. Because of our sinful nature, there was no peace. All right? So knowing that we are justified through our faith in Jesus Christ, that gives us a reason to celebrate. That gives us a reason to praise. That gives us a reason to have joy in our lives. Just that substance. And realizing that's the one of the most important substance in our lives. And that that's something that we need to dive deeply into because uh, sadly, everything else is going to fail us. Like, my wife is amazing, but She's going to fail me at some point. My child who brings me lots of joy, he's going to frustrate me. He's going to fail me. My career, my job, my hobbies, my friends, they're all going to fail me. Doesn't matter how good they are. They're going to fail me. The only thing that I can truly hold on to the joy in my life is my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that is an important aspect because we lose that, lose that, um, Sometimes, especially when we're going through through trials and tribulation and everything else. So we need to lean on that, on that first truth that we are justified with God, the Christ, Jesus. Right. If we have the impression that, well, I'm a good person and, and God loves me and I'm a child of God and everything is hunky-dory, we don't appreciate this truth as much. But when you really see yourself as you are and you see the world and its fallenness and you see that you're a sinner who's been at war with God and worthy of death, yeah. 
when we really put ourselves in that humble, in that context of where we really stand with scripture. I mean, Jesus says that he, he rebukes the, the church people and he says, you're sons of the devil. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't, there's no, what is it, hair on his tongue? I always hated that saying, I don't know. And I mean, he, we're not children of God until we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, until we align, yeah. we actually deserve destruction. Yeah. So we don't appreciate and, and celebrate. It's, it's kind of like, I think a good metaphor would be, you know, in our country, there's been wars that have been happening pretty much my entire life, but they're all like over there somewhere. So like if the war ends or the war is declared, it's kind of like, oh, wow, that sucks. But I'm kind of removed from it, right? It's not... It doesn't impact me as much. But if, if I was living in Afghanistan, right, as the, as things are imploding, it's really different when you realize how it's personally affecting and tearing you, your family, your society. It's tearing it apart and destroying it at the seams. And you're living in constant fear, constant, right, because you're at war. And and here it's saying, but we, we now have peace with God. Mm-hmm. So we can appreciate more that we have peace with God when we can recognize that we were at war. Yeah. Yeah. And, now it, and the end of that war is something to celebrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just kind of finishing the verse two because it says about the peace with God and then and then we get to stand in the grace in which have which we have through Christ. So we have peace with God and the grace from the judgment that Trish um, talked about. So that is, we celebrate and we hold on to that each and every day um, through the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. The, the, next, the next part, the, it talks about, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And for us, it's a, we, we rejoice in God's victory. We know that he has won. The problem is we can't see it right now, right? But the victory has happened on the cross and we rejoice of what's ahead. It's that whole now but not yet. It's the when we take the communion, we will remember this till he comes back. It's it's that whole thing that we're gonna rejoice. I love man, that song was thank you on point. He said, I, we don't have to wait. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait because we know the victory is well. We can the good thing is we can skip to Revelation and we can be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's coming. Revelation 2020, you're, you're, you're done. So, so. Not 2020, the year. 2020. Verse 2020. Yeah, that passed. We're good. <laughs> yeah, so it's holding on to that aspect of that there was victory. There's not something that we, we're the ones who have to fight it. We're not the ones who have to fight it. We hold on to the victory that is in Christ Jesus, that the work that he has done on the cross and through our faith and, and uh, belief and, and trust in him as our lord we have that victory and knowing that knowing that that there's going to be glory of god he will come on on that white horse and it's it's just it's it's a beautiful imagery and that we rejoice in that where we find joy and that's where we celebrate and you know sometimes when things come our way and and we have these attacks it's like hey listen (laughs) listen devil i i know i know where you're going i know i have victory in this and I know where you where you're going. So even standing in that in that strength is very important. Yeah, and looking back, you know, if you if you studied history, like the World War II, right? There was the moment of the declaration that that the war had been won, right? And the Nazis had been defeated. 
But there were still people in concentration camps. There were still people until the Allies made their way through to liberate those territories and, and declare that news. Mm-hmm. There were people who actually still died between the time when they came through and the time when the victory was declared. Similar African-Americans have celebrated, now we celebrate Juneteenth, right? There was the proclamation that, the Emancipation Proclamation, but the slaves in certain areas didn't hear the news, and so they were still in bondage. They were still serving as slaves because the word did not get to them. So there's there's this tension that we have to understand, and, and that has been taught by theologians. It's called the now and the not yet. So the now is that on the cross, Jesus said, it's finished, right? When he resurrected, that was the sign that he had victory, that his work was done, that we have victory in Christ. But there's the not yet, meaning that though we stand in this gospel, the good news of the gospel, right, is that the victory has been won. We have peace with God. We have freedom in Christ. We are no longer slaves. I mean, there's a lot of language that we just use, but we, if we don't know the context, it all starts to tie together when you put it in the context of scripture of what's happening. So in the, in the moment of resurrection, the victory is assured, but there's this time that he's like, now you need to go proclaim the good news of the gospel to the whole world, because there are people who are in bondage, who are enslaved to sin, who don't need to be. And so we have to go and reclaim that territory with the good news that Jesus is Lord and Savior, that he's the king, that he has conquered sin and death, that he has conquered the prince of this world, right? That he has conquered Satan. And and the not yet is that he is coming soon. Yeah. And and we're these ambassadors that are holding it down until he actually comes back to claim us. It, it is a very war-based, kingdom-based yeah. Yeah. theological, and, and in our democratic society, some of that gets lost. Mm. So we use this language in church, but we don't really give it the context. Um, and, and we don't grasp the full depth of the metaphors of scripture because we take them again out of the larger context of the story. Yeah. And that's, and that's why the discipline of celebration is so important because we need to walk in victory. We need to walk in celebration because there's declaration of independence from Satan has been written and we have victory and we know victory and we have read about the victory, but we're still not living as those who have victory. And that that's the hard hard aspect of it. That there's there are people still who are, are going to die. There are still yeah. Yeah, there's people who are in church and they're still living the life like they're still dead, like they're defeated. And they because uh, we need to have that celebration. We need to live in that celebration. And we're going to talk about more about it. it's not praise the Lord. Everything's awesome, but when those things come our way, we know what is to come, and we know the victory that has happened and it's going to happen. Uh, that was what we're going to relive in. And that's why I want to really dive into the next verse, verse 3. It says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And I'm going to stop right there because this is a hard one. Because a lot of times people read this and they're like, they're like, oh, I lost my job. Praise the Lord. I'm somebody that in my life, praise the Lord. Oh, I got sick, praise the Lord. Like oh, I all this the, horrible disease, but God is good. You know what I mean? And it's it's this thing. And I love the the book actually, kind of the book that we're we're reading. It kind of opened our eyes. We give when we do that, we celebrate the evil that is in our lives. When we're like, praise the Lord, I'm sick, or praise the Lord, I have a loss. 
And we're actually giving power to the evil that is in our lives. And we should not be celebrating what is happening. We should not be celebrating the suffering that we're going through. We should be celebrating the victory that's on the other side yes, yes. of what we're going through. Mm. We celebrate when we're going through the suffering, we're celebrating. We're saying praise the Lord because we know that we have a relationship with God. We know that there's victory in him. And we know that in through the suffering, we will come through. We might have to uh, go through things, but it's going to produce perseverance. And perseverance produce, will produce character. Which character? Character of, of Christ. And that, and that character of Christ gives us hope. And that is an important aspect. Like Trish and I were going back and forth. Like, man, that is an important thing because too many times we hear that whole thing. I'm sick. Praise God. Right. It doesn't mean that we revert to this. Well, as a Christian, I'm supposed to rejoice in all things and be content in all circumstances, and I'm supposed to smile and be happy and pretend that everything is okay. That is not what this verse means. When it says, just just focusing in on where it says, rejoice in our sufferings. It's not saying to rejoice for the suffering. It's saying even as you're in suffering, you can find reason to rejoice. Mm -hmm. So you don't rejoice in the disease. You don't rejoice in the death. You don't rejoice in the trials and the tribulation. That is not something that we should celebrate, nor should we pretend that it's not important. Mm -hmm. But what it's saying is, is when the world faces those situations, that's to them a hopeless situation with no end, no way out, no redemption, no nothing. But as Christians, we know that that disease, that that job loss, that that will not have the final say, that all of this is temporary and it's passing away. So at the end of this, again, at the end of the trial, at the end of all of that, we have hope. Amen. So we celebrate that we have hope. We're not celebrating in the suffering itself. Yeah. The suffering sucks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the marital problems, they're rough. The the loneliness, the depression, the anxiety, you know, the the financial struggles, all of these things that we deal with day in and day out. It, I mean, Jesus says, in this world you will have trials, right? Yeah, oh, perfect. You can read it. John 16:33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is that is our hope. From Jesus's mouth, he's, he's given us like, yes, there's going to be troubles. Yes, there's going to be things, but I have overcome those things. So we don't have to interact with each other or out in the world to be like, oh, well, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer Christian. Like you have to, you know, show the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, yes, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we have real struggles. So you need to be honest about that. And but remember that it doesn't end with that, that that there's something beyond. And we have something that other people in the world do not have. Which, again, is that that disease or that struggle will not have the final say. That Christ has overcome. And we put it in its, in its context. Um, there's a old, some of you may already know this. Do you have a pen? Someone can borrow real quick. So we, we recognize that, like, right now, okay, this is our life. We have, there's, like, this darkness that's in our life, right? But this is actually, I think, Francis Chan. I don't know if he was originally the one who came up with it. And for people who live, you know, if this is the span of your life, like this is all you have and it's dark and it's depressing, right? 
But as a Christian, we don't ignore the fact that that reality is there. But we recognize that in light of eternity, right, our little lifespan in light of eternity is just going to be a speck on the page. So it's horrible right now, in this moment, right now. But we don't get so lost in it, right? Amen. The scripture says that when we grieve, it, it doesn't say don't grieve. Mm -hmm. He says don't grieve as the world grieves. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we don't despair, right? Where we don't just throw up our hands and quit on life because life as we know it has ended. Mm -hmm. But we also shouldn't just pace on a smile and pretend like everything is a-okay. Good, good, right? Like, good. Good, good? Amen. No, no, everything's fine. Um, and uh, <laughs> good, good, everything good, good. So that I think that that's that's what I think one one of the biggest things because uh, preachers teach this kind of kind of aspect. Those who actually teach that, uh, and then you walk away. It's like, all right, so what? How do, should I act when things go bad? Like, mourn with those who mourn. Yeah, you mourn Weep with those, with those who, who mourn. Who There's time for weeping. There's time and. One of the biggest things is, and the, it's the testimony that, carry, that carries power over it. When we are going through those things, how do we react to it? It's not the fake smile because people will see right through that fake smile. Is man, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm in pain. I'm um, in the morning and everything else. But I know that my God is going to carry me through this. That is the difference. And even if He doesn't. And even if He don't. Right. Praise the Lord. Like the fiery furnace. Even if he doesn't, I will worship him. Yeah. And that's the power of testimony. That's the power of the hope knowing that it's still his victory. It's still his victory. The The last thing that I want to just talk about is uh, verse 5. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We rejoice in the Holy Spirit that is in us. As believers, we rejoice in the Holy Spirit that is in us. That is a very important part. We talked about the Holy Spirit and how he uh, is there to help us and to guide us and to give us words when we don't have words and gives, it gives us prayer where we can't pray. Comfort. And it gives us comfort and gives us discernment and wisdom and all, all these things that, that, that he has empowered us. And that's, for me, I, I was talking, we were, we were talking and I was like, this whole, you know, having like, oh, victory in Jesus and we're going to go to heaven. It's kind of hard to grasp because it's not yet. The blessing of the Holy Spirit is he now. We feel the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit when he's talking. We know that nudge. We know for me it's the smack most of the time by the Holy Spirit. But we know it and that gives us hope that this is, this whole salvation thing is just not a hocus pocus little story because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's, it's, it's. It's, it's the proof. It's the proof that is in us. That's why we can walk with, with, with um, determination. We walk with peace in our hearts because the Holy Spirit has given that peace. So we rejoice in the Holy Spirit that is in us. That's something to celebrate. In, the, in, the, in whatever way the Holy Spirit has blessed you or equipped you, right? So that that's kind of one of the last things. Right. And with verses. that, again, you know, Jesus doesn't say, behold, now you will be prosperous and successful. Mm -hmm. Behold, <laughs> you will now have magical healing in every situation. Or behold, 
you will have favor in whatever you do. Like th these are prosperity gospel things that have crept into the church. Listen. Jesus says, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's more like Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow yes. of death, mm -hmm. I need not fear evil because you are with me. So the Holy Spirit is that comforter. Again, not that, oh, because we have the Holy Spirit, we always have the answer or we'll always have, you know, healing or we'll always have financial blessing when we need it. You know, that check will come right when we need it. God does that in his grace and his mercy sometimes. But the Holy Spirit is not a genie in a lamp. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit is, is a, Scripture teaches, is a deposit, a guarantee of what is to come. So the Holy Spirit is with us, giving us the assurance, reminding us, comforting us, and nudging us that, that again, this is not the end. That we can fall seven times, but seven times we'll get back up. That there's a resilience that comes when we have the Holy Spirit. It's not a supernatural, like, shield from harm or that, you know, our children will never suffer or our loved ones will never face a struggle because, you know, we prayed that, that special prayer. Mm-hmm. So to finish us off, just to bring all this this past four months together, I want to look at Luke um, eleven twenty eight. Luke eleven twenty eight. Um, so it was interesting. The book, I, I to me, it, it was it was really interesting. The book said that. Uh, celebration you celebrate in obedience right and I was like that's not it's 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 a it was an interesting teaching for me so then they use this verse Luke 11 28 it, it's funny because some a, a woman yells in the, from the crowd to Jesus blesses the mother who gave you birth and nursed you and he replies Jesus replies blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it so the cool thing about the celebration, as we look at all these disciplines that we've been going through and putting in our lives, we're being blessed through it. Us doing these disciplines is not things that we have to do and check off the list. It's a blessing. And I think as we've been diving in more, like, it's been a blessing for me to drive in a car with no radio so I can just have that solitude time. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to to fight for the Sabbath. We've been fighting for a Sabbath. It's like, all right, literally, it's a Sabbath. Like, we're looking at the candle. Like, all right, let's put it away. Let's just relax. You know, it's been, it's been a blessing to dive into the Word daily. It's been a blessing... Uh, to have the prayer life that needs to needs in my life. That's a blessing. That's where we rejoice. We celebrated that. So this celebration discipline, it goes through each and every other disciplines. We celebrate. I, I, I love that, like, uh, Sandra, that was always a, when you were talking about, uh, as you were, we were doing the Bible reading, you're yeah. like, man, I'm enjoying, enjoying so much my morning readings. Yeah. Like, like that was celebration. Yeah. Like we were celebrating that you were celebrating in your life. That is like to me that that was that's cool. That um, in discipline we right. find joy. Like it's not, normally it's not it's not a joyful thing when you get in discipline, but in these disciplines and we look at it in the regular the regular part when we try to be healthy, 
uh, we don't rejoice in eating healthy. We don't mm. rejoice in exercising. Mm. We don't rejoice in, you know, we don't rejoice in those things. But man, do we rejoice when, when the when we're feeling healthy, when we're getting stronger, mm-hmm. when the scale goes down on the or the clothing feels so that's so it's the now but not yet like as i'm eating my my salad it's not now but i know <laughs> not yet is gonna come and i'll fit into the shirt better you know so it's the, it's the simple stuff so that's how it is it's not you know so it's the same thing with these disciplines sometimes sometimes we don't rejoice in the reading the word or any other things but man as we are transferred transformed by these disciplines Man, that's going to be awesome because we're going to be closer and closer in the image of Christ. Right. And the hope is, is that as we do them, like you shared, we've already been finding this with some of them. And this is what we kind of wanted to discuss uh, as we celebrate and share a meal Mm -hmm. is to see the disciplines. Again, we've said it over and over and over again, but we just keep coming back to it to understand that these are not a checklist of things that we have to do. These are opportunities of things that we get to do mm-hmm. and to get to a place where the practice itself is a celebration that we celebrate what the Lord has done by simplifying our life, right? That we suddenly we look around and we're like, oh my gosh, I used to feel like I needed so much stuff. And I just lived in like this feeling of trying to keep up with the Joneses and I could never get what I wanted. And now we celebrate with simplicity. I'm actually giving stuff away Mm -hmm. and my life is so much better without all that stress and baggage, you know, celebrating with worship, celebrating with prayer, celebrating with meditation, celebrating solitude, celebrating Sabbath, celebrating fasting, celebrating confession, accountability, study, service that again, that we celebrate that, that serving is actually a way of celebrating that I want to serve you because I want to celebrate who you are in my life. I want to celebrate what God is doing. And so I'm serving you not because I have to, not because it's a burden, but because I get to. And ideally, as we learn to the discipline of celebrating, again, initially some of these disciplines, we're doing them because we're like, well, it's going to make me more like Christ. I ain't feeling it. <laughs> that hopefully we get to a place where it's like, I love solitude. Oh my gosh, I have an excuse to not deal with people. Amen. This is great. <laughs> Hallelujah, right? You know, that we could look through these disciplines and we could find that they are not work, but they are an opportunity. An opportunity mm-hmm. to celebrate, an opportunity to become made in the image of Christ. So our question, just to discuss as we eat, is which discipline... Hold on, you... Which discipline? <laughs> uh, which discipline brings you joy now that you know more about it? So we'll grab food, we'll we'll sit down, and then as we are eating, that's the discussion and whatever else comes up. But that's one of the things that we want to discuss. So good. Amen. 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 Amen.